All right, good morning. How you guys doing? Doing good? All right. I'm hoping uh, that we have some fun today together, uh, that I can, uh, that we can laugh together, that we can maybe cry together. Hopefully not a lot of crying. But as you guys will let me also challenge you today, you know, you guys up for that? All right. Amen. So on the screen, you see Soul Glow. Uh, Lamisha and I went back and forth about the title of this message today uh, for many different reasons, but I couldn't find a better way to explain what I'm trying to convey. I guess I could have called it like devoted to the inner life. Like, ah, it didn't have that ring to it, though, you know, or like soul light. That was kind of, you know, so I said soul glow. You know, it just is, it suits, it's the best thing from what uh, I'm trying to talk to you guys today about. And I really feel like this is the key, and it comes from the inside out. And that's really what I'm trying to say here, is like having a light, having a glow that begins inside and reverberates to our outer lives, impacting everything around us. So I pray that this message uh, really both challenges you, but also really encourages all of you today to really care once again for your souls, making that a top priority uh, in your life. So really quick about soul, just to understand it. Uh, this is like your being, your essence, everything who you are. It includes your physical body, but it's not just that, right? Uh, in the Bible, our souls have needs. It's described as I hunger, my soul hungers, my soul thirsts. Uh, it's also where our, our deepest feelings lie. It's where they, it's where they reside. Uh, Hannah had deep bitterness of soul, Ezekiel anguish of soul. Jesus had overwhelmed in my soul. Like We feel deeply in our souls. And so if that could be like the negative feelings, then imagine having that deep feeling in the opposite direction of joy, of peace, of just like this overwhelming love in the deepest part of who you are. So if, <laughs> if glowing, if the soul glow was a picture, and this picture right here, I don't recommend this. Uh, it's a disclaimer. I'm not suggesting do this. This is like a rite of passage, I feel like, for, for, for dads, you know. And they don't tell you how many of these didn't go well, you know. So just take that into consideration. Um, but there's something, I don't think, I don't know if uh, Lamisha doesn't understand my need to do that. Uh, that's not me. But as much as, like, I feel like I just need to do this to show myself, look, I'm not scared, okay. He's looking at me. He's not scared. And we're in this thing together, you know. And it's, it's just a, a special moment. But you see this kid. He's being flung up in the air. Uh, he doesn't look scared to me. I mean, he might have been a little nervous, but, but he knows his dad is going to catch him. He knows that everything's going to go well. And you know, like, after that moment you put them down, they're still kind of, like, glowing, right? They're still kind of, like, again, you know? So, so it's like that is the feeling of, like, a relationship with God, walking with God, and we're just going to – it's just going to glow. And uh, here's another – it's just like a thing going. I was, like, looking online. Apparently everybody's throwing their kids in the air. Once again – I'm not suggesting that you do this. Don't say Pat told you to do anything, all right? Um, but apparently it's the thing. And these kids, they don't look like they're having a blast. If I was to do this now, I would be terrified because of all the times I probably fell in my life to know that that's a possibility. They don't even know that that's like a possibility right now, right? And so it happens. And so this is, this is we can feel like these kids, just like this confidence, just this peace. Just this, like, love as we're looking at our dad as we come back down to earth. You know, like, we can walk in that feeling every single day. And I had to show you guys this. There's, this, this looks different to different people. How the father sees it, how the kid sees it, and how the mom sees it. 
right? He's like in outer space on the last one. <laughs> oh, this is funny. Okay. All right. Back to Soul Glow. So there's, so there's people, there's people in the Bible, right? That, that literally glow. All right. It's, it's insane. And so we're going to read one of those stories in Exodus 34, 29, 35. It says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with his two tablets of the covenant of law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. Like he was literally glowing and he was glowing. Why? Because it says he had spoken with the Lord. He was glowing because he spent time with God. Right. And it was so impactful that even his outer, the, how that manifested in his outward appearance was obvious. Isn't that true? Like when you see people that are like glowing, like they had like an awesome quiet time or they're like really connected, you're like, oh, you got something there. You got something going on right now. And you can kind of tell when people are just really fired up because it starts inside, but it goes to our outer life. And God wants us to glow. And Philippians 2, 14 to 15 is so that you may become blameless and pure I'm sorry. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. Yes, that's a big part of glowing in this world. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Like God wants us to glow, wants us to shine, wants our souls to be so deeply uh, connected to him that it's that we're just like bursting with love and joy from the inside out. But we don't shine. We don't glow by trying to shine or glow. You can't glow or get it just by trying to have it. It exists by being with God. It exists by having a relationship with God. And really going to that place of like, I, I'm walking with God. Not walking under God, over God, to the side. I'm, walk, I'm walking with God in my life. So much so that my innermost part of my life is at peace. As love is filled with joy. Right? That's what we all want. Amen? We want to feel that. We want to know that. So the first thing we got to do is we have to break up. All right, what am I talking about? Oh, whoa, Pat. It's getting serious. getting personal here. So, yes, you got to break up. I'm going to explain this. So breakups are tough. I don't know if you've ever been through one. Uh, they're rough. They're never, uh, they're never smooth, right? Uh, we have some traumatic ones in our lives. We have some ones we're grateful for, I'm sure, as well. Uh, I know I'm definitely grateful to be with Lamisha, and that wouldn't have happened without some breakups in my life, Right? Uh, that has something has to end for a new thing to begin. So in Matthew 19:16, we're going to look at one. It might not be what you what you think, but it says, "Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good?" Jesus replied, "There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. All these I have kept." The young man said, "What do I still lack?" Jesus answered, "If you want to be perfect," Go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. So he had this, he had this, like, this incredible question for Jesus, which is like, you know, what good thing must I do to basically be saved, to inherit eternal life? Which is a, that's an important question. You know, Jesus never just always, like, answers things as simply as we may like, right? And, um, and he had this. I think what we can have sometimes is a checklist mentality. Like, what must I do? Right? What is the thing I have to do? So we were in Nestum New England School of Missions recently, and Jeannie Shaw did this amazing message just about how we can turn our, our Christianity into uh, a to-do list. How we can, we can 
trade our relationship with Jesus for a list of to-dos for Jesus, right? And so this guy has that same approach. He grew up in this religious world, and he's asking Jesus, what do I have to do, right? Which, was, which is an issue that some of us have. But salvation is not a to-do list. Salvation is not about a to-do list. Salvation is a relationship. We're saved through our relationship with Christ. And it's not just about being like under this, this martyr, this servant to Jesus. It's about being with Jesus. And how do you start a relationship with someone? Well, if you're in another relationship, you've got to break it off, right? Like to start a new relationship, you have to break up with the old relationship. So this guy was faithfully committed. He was in a faithfully committed relationship with his money. He was faithful to his money. That's, what, that's, that's who he was dating. That's who he was maybe married to at this time. And Jesus knew that and he saw that. And he said, if you want to be in a relationship with me, you're going to have to break up with your love of money. You're going to have to break it off. You can't love money and try to follow me. You know, we don't need to sell. We don't need to, like, necessarily literally break, break, break up or this or that, these physical things. Sometimes we do, right? This is for all of us to think about, what do we need to do so I can wholeheartedly follow Jesus? And so if there's anything that is holding us back from, from wholeheartedly following Jesus, we've got to break up. That doesn't mean selling everything you have. It just means really assessing, is there anything holding me back from following Jesus? Now, I remember when I was becoming a Christian, I was in a relationship, and it was, uh, I guess it was okay by the world standards, whatever that means, right? It was, probably, it was the beginning of it, so I was just getting ready to get bad, you know, um, as inevitably they always do in the world. Um, so, but she had no interest in having a relationship with God. Uh, she wasn't really interested in, in having a pure relationship or glorifying God in the relationship. And so I had to break up. There was no other way. Uh, you know, Lamisha, when, as, as she was studying the Bible, getting baptized, uh, she let her boyfriend know that she was going to get baptized. And he, he said, I hope you drown. That's crazy. It's kind of funny, but it's kind of sad at the same time. Like, it's actually, it's kind of like, a, like oh, he's quick on his feet with that comeback. But, like, also, it's like, wow, she's about to make the best, the, mo- the most incredible decision in her life. And all you could, you want harm. You're wishing harm upon her. But Charles, like, I feel like Charles messed up. I hope I don't run into him, you know. But um, no, 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 no. It's just peace, just peace. So, you know, my job at the time when I was studying the Bible, they had me, they had me working on, um, they had me working on Sundays. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to have to do, da, da, da. And so I just had a conversation with my boss. I was like, hey, I, I just need Sundays off. And if they said no, I was willing to break up with my job. All right, it's going to be over. Um, you know, when there was, there was people in my circle, you know, that didn't really support my decision to follow Jesus. They didn't really see that this was something that was awesome for me. And some, some of my friends did, but some didn't. Friendship, the friendships needed to end, you know, until they could be at a place where they support me. Um, because I supported them, you know, and their change and their life changes and the things that they went through. Um, you know, I was there for them and I felt like if you can't be there for me and I'm, I'm about to make the best decision of my life. We got to break up. This friendship's over. And I made these decisions because I wanted to follow Jesus wherever he would lead me. What do you need to break up with in order to follow Jesus? Because we have to get rid of the dead, the dead weight in our lives and be unapologetic about it. We're always like, oh, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad person. No, be unapologetic about your relationship with Jesus. 
is the most important thing in your life. Nothing else matters. He's the guardian of our souls. And Jesus is trying to help us have a backbone to stop caring so much about all this other stuff that we obsess about all the time. Our minds, we're just always thinking about everything else and all these other things that are going on. And to really concern ourselves with the condition of our souls. That's, that's what Jesus is trying to help us. So if, if you work so much that you're just like too busy, you're just always busy, you're just stressed and busy, maybe you need to break up with your obsession about the future, right? Because you work so hard because you're trying to plan for the future. You know, if people don't respect your walk with Jesus, if people don't support your walk with Jesus, you know, maybe you have to break up with caring about what they think about you. If you lie, because you're scared of telling the truth, and it's easier to lie. Maybe you need to break up with the idea that your truth is not enough for people. If you say yes to trying to meet all the needs of everybody around you, you're trying to be Superman, Superwoman, maybe you need to break up with your pride that you can fix everybody else's problems. Like, you need help too, right? We all need help, right? If you say no to everything, right, you're not, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to really prompt you Maybe you need to break up with your comfort. Maybe you need to break up with being comfortable. If your kids' emotions are running your house, you may need to break up with the fear of being a bad parent. Because we, we, I know for me, like, I don't, when he cries, I'm like, I, does that mean I'm a bad parent? No. It just means he's crying. It doesn't make me a bad parent. Okay? But there's fear is real of am I doing this the right way? We need to break up with fear. If you obsess about homework and, te- homework and tests so much that you have no time for anything else, you're always stressed out, maybe you need to break up with your fear of failure or blowing it. No, I don't know. These are just some maybes for you, some things to think about. I don't know what's holding you back from having an awesome relationship with Jesus, but you know, right? You know what's holding you back. And if you, if you were to spend any amount of time thinking about what's holding me back, I bet you it would become clear pretty quickly. Rick Velez did a communion one time. He said, there's no U-Haul that follows you to the cemetery. It's, it's only your soul. It's only your soul that matters at the end of the day. Your, parent, your, your parents aren't going to say to Jesus, oh, my son, was a, my son or daughter was a good person. Your kids are not going to be, be able to say my mom or dad was a good person. It's going to be your soul with Jesus. That is it. And that is what matters. And we need to concern ourselves with the condition and care of our souls. In 1 Peter 2.25, it says, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. The best decision that you can ever make in your life is breaking up with whatever's holding you back and turning your soul into Jesus. Turning the deepest parts of who you are, every aspect of who you are, into Jesus. Because he is the only thing that can protect your soul. He is the only thing that can shepherd and guide your soul in a way that brings joy and peace and love to your body. Take back your life. Take back your soul. And give it to Jesus. And that's, that's really what, part of what I'm talking about with this soul glow. The second thing is, all right, we do that, right? We're fired up. You know, I was thinking about Santi the other day. Santi just got baptized. Uh, I saw Santi. He was like, bro, I can't stop smiling. I was just like, yeah, that's the soul glow right there, man, you know. It's awesome. And that's how we feel when we make this decision to follow Jesus. We get baptized. We're fired up, right? And we, we have all this hope and, and, and peace that comes with this, this decision of like, man, I took back my life and I gave it to Jesus. And it feels awesome. But then we have to begin to cultivate our walk, our relationship with Jesus. 
And that's the second thing I'm going to talk about. This is our secret life. We have that, not a double life, okay? Don't get confused. Secret life with Jesus. And this is like about having a special connection with God. And we glow sometimes, right, when we have secrets. Like if you just started a relationship before you tell everybody about it, before you post it on Facebook, there's like that moment where it's like just your secret. And you're kind of just like happy. People are like, and maybe you, imagine you wait a week to tell anybody. I bet you you're glowing all week, right? Or like you find out, Lamisha find out, you know, she's pregnant before we tell anybody. You know, there's like that moment that like it's just your secret. And you're just glowing. You're just excited about it. You know, and that's what we want to have. But this comes from a secret life in Christ. An awesome inner life with Jesus walking with him. And so the Pharisees... In the Bible, they were much more concerned with how they appeared to people than what was actually going on in the inside of their lives. And because of that, they, they had no glow. You, you can read the Bible and you'll see that. Uh, but in Matthew twenty three twenty seven, this is Jesus' strong rebuke to them. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the, of the dead and everything unclean. So they cared so much about the impression that they made. They cared so much about looking spiritual, being religious. Where do I fall into the pecking order in my, uh, in my synagogue or the temple? It's like they cared so much about that, and they paid no attention to the inside of their, their soul. They paid no, no attention to the inside. And Jesus is like, no, that's the most important thing, because that's where everything starts from. We have to be really concerned about the roots and not the fruits, right? We have to really go deep in to make sure that we're walking with Jesus. Because if we don't, we will all become Pharisees. This will happen to all of us. If we care more about how we look, what other people think about us, are we spoken highly of, do I have any like weighty friends that are really cool that I can, you know, share about? No, no, no. If we care about that, we will become Pharisees. But if we care primarily with the condition of our soul, the condition of our heart, and are really honest with ourselves, we will have this, like, amazing, vibrant, joyous life. And you know, reading the Bible, that the Pharisees, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think I would want to hang out with them. They didn't seem, like, fun to hang out with. You know, they, I don't get the impression that they were fun to be around. They seemed, kind of, you know, really legalistic, righteous, overly righteous, self-righteous. They were judgmental. They had a lot of rules. And it's just this very, like, stuffy feeling, you know, as you, as you read about the Pharisees. Because they didn't have that glow. But Jesus gave us all a new way, right? And if you read Matthew 6, there's these amazing passages. Where it's like, when you give, give in secret. When you pray, pray in secret. When you fast, fast in secret. When you store up treasure, make sure it's invisible. Treasure in heaven. That maybe only you know about in God. Right. And what he's trying to do is shift our focus to caring so much about our external, temporal, physical lives. And he's trying to help us go inside, inner into this into this deep place of our souls and connection with him. Now, praying together, fasting together, these things are not bad. Right. It's not that it's not that they're bad. Or if you give, sometimes people are going to are going to see. But Jesus is like your your private life with me has to be awesome. See, God is saying, your, your private, like, our connection needs to be the hallmark of your walk. Not like what you're doing just because you come to midweek or you come to church. Like, no, 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 like what we're doing when nobody else is around. Like God and you. That is what matters the most. And that feeds your soul. 
that's going to help you have this joy inside that just, that just doesn't, it can't not come out. Because it's so incredible of a feeling. This feeds the soul. And this is about building a life with Jesus, not having a quiet time. I'm not just talking about having a quiet time. I'm talking about having a life with Jesus, walking with him. You know, that behind the curtain. So, like, we're all physical people, right? Like, you don't know exactly what's going on. So I can have, like, one of two things going on. Maybe I had a rough morning, this and that. I have all this stuff in my head. And that's going to show up on the outside in some way it's going to manifest, right? You, I might be able to camouflage it, you know, might be able to hide it, whatever. But in some way it's going to be uh, noticeable, right? But on the flip side, you can have this, like, behind-the-scenes life that's awesome. That's just incredible. Like, behind the scenes, you're like, yo, God's about to do something crazy. You don't say that, but you're just, like, kind of hanging out, you know? Or, like, behind the scenes, or behind the scenes, you're just thinking, man, I feel so much peace right now. So as you're in a group, you're just like, like, you're just taking it all in, you know? Or behind the scenes, you're like, man, I feel so confident in my walk with God. And then, then a situation occurs where you're like, I'm ready for this. And you just go into it confidently. Like, this is this behind-the-scenes life that we can cultivate, this communion with God that we can have every hour, every minute of every day. I know that sounds impossible, but it, it's totally possible. And it doesn't mean that every five minutes you need to stop and have a quiet time. It means that you are walking with God, that, you're, that, that prayers are in your head. You're praying as you're talking to people. Like, you're about to have a conversation that's about to take a turn for the... Uh, turn for the worst, but you're like, all right, pray. No, 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 God, don't let this happen. Please help this conversation get back. Like, it's like this behind-the-scenes life, and we want to cultivate that. Or as you're seeing situations, you're applying scriptures to the situations that you're seeing all around you. And this inner life, this awesome life, is going to reframe and reshape the way you view everything. It's going to reframe and reshape the way you view your kids, the way husbands you view your wives, the way wives you view your husbands, the way we view each other. It's going to be awesome because we're just going to be so moved by it. It's going to feed our souls. And this is going to take being uh, disciplined, right? We've got to build some good disciplines. Like praying is important. Reading your Bible is important. And we've got to do those things because how are you going to know what scripture to use to a situation if we don't know the word of God, right? Like, how, like if, you're not, if you don't see the importance of prayer, then why would you pray, pray in a moment? If you don't think God can change that situation, why would you, you know, why do we pray? So we really need to develop these great habits of doing these things. And we will have that unimaginable peace. And it is possible to really get to that place on a, on a daily basis. In Luke 24, 32 says, they asked each other, this is after Jesus had risen and he spoke to them. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Like, when you, when you have this understanding of the Scriptures, when you're reading them and you're applying them to your life, your hearts burn. Like, your soul begins to just glow. And it's about to just burst out of you. It's an incredible feeling. But what gets in the way? We all have some things that get in, get in the way, right, of, of being able to have this awesome secret life. And I think you've got to look at what takes up my personal time the most. And that's probably what is getting in the way. But one thing I want to talk about is distractions or aka fear of missing out because i think when we have a fear of missing out where do we go we go to our phones i don't want to miss out on the next post i don't want to miss out on this email from my job oh i got to take this call i got to text my boss right we're so busy all of the time and we have this fear that if i don't respond to this if i don't get back to that or if i don't like comment on this post my friends will be like why don't you comment on my post right like we we're just we have a lot of fear that drives us 
And I saw these great pictures recently. Maybe some of you, they're, they're, they're circulating the internet right now. Um, but this is what it looks like. Okay, they, they removed the phones and then took the picture. Like, this is, this is sad. When I saw these pictures, I was like, wow, this is kind of, this is where we're going. And I'm not anti-phone. I'm one of, like, I, I love technology. As I do the app. I do the websites. Like, I, I love technology. Like, I'm a big supporter of it. And, um, I, but I just feel like sometimes it's getting a little crazy, you know. And, and teens get it and preteens get it the worst, but some of the, you parents are just as bad. All right, honestly, like we all can get sucked in to what's going on in our lives and, and, and we miss moments and we miss moments with God. Right. Here's a, a couple of these pictures. This kid's just looking at the camera. Uh, two parents are on the phone there and they're all just hanging out. So this isn't. So I'm not trying to say, oh, technology is bad because you can read your Bible on your phone. You can preach the word on your phone. You can read some good news on your phone. You can do a lot of awesome things on your phone. But don't trade it in for your quality time with God. Don't, don't trade anything in for your quality time with God. We've got to say no to all of this busyness and all of these distractions that's just really taking from our ability to have an awesome private life with God. When I wake up in the morning, and I know you feel it too, and I go to have my quiet time, there's a million other things that I feel like I want to do before I read my Bible and before I pray. Like I want, the first thing I want to do is I want to turn on ESPN. I want to see what's been going on, all right? And there's been a lot of news lately, as you guys know. But, like, so I'm trying to, but I have to fight for my time with Jesus, fight to walk with Jesus. It's going to be incredible when we do that. And here's what, here's what one of the results is. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. As we walk with God, as we have amazing time with God, and we stay in communion with him, fear will be driven out of our body. We won't have to, we won't have to drive it out. It will automatically be driven out. You will not fear anything if you have awesome time with God. How? Amen to that? Amen? That's incredible, right? I don't know about you, but I want to live fearlessly. I want to live that way. This is amazing, and it's gonna, it reframes everything when we have this awesome secret life. How is your secret life right now with Jesus? How's it going in your life, connecting, communing with God in the morning, throughout the day? How's that going on your end? Do you have that glow right now? Well, if you don't, you can get it. All right, it's coming your way this week. As soon as you want to, really, you can have it. We can know that something special is going on that no one else can touch. It's ours. It's an incredible feeling. If our secret life with God is weak right now, we've got to fight to reclaim it and be unapologetic about it. And it does not come easy. And we will fail and we will mess up as we're trying to get this back on track. But we've got to keep fighting. Amen? In Genesis 5.24, this is an awesome passage. Enoch walked faithfully with God. He walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. And uh, once again, I have to give credit to Jeannie Shaw. She, was, she did an amazing uh, lesson recently uh, that I heard. But walking with God is important. And it's more important than walking under God. It's more important than this life of martyrdom, of I'm just going to serve, and this is, defines my life, Right? No, 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 that's like a super busy Christian lifestyle, you know. That's not what this is about. It's about walking with God. 
It's also not about walking over God, where you've been around long enough where you don't feel like you have room to grow or to be taught, right? Like your, your equations, your programs are, are, are what's going to save you. No, it is God. It is a relationship with him that's going to save you. So today, if you want to glow, take back your soul. Take back your spiritual life. Hand it over to God. Then go and relentlessly and unapologetically spend time with Jesus. Thank you, guys.